Okay, so we're back now, and uh, we're going to talk about federal funding for 988. Even though 988 is here, we still need to work to scaling the 988 network to ensure that it can meet the anticipated demand. For decades, this network has been massively underfunded and under-resourced. We will need to work toward building the lifeline workforce, continuing to improve response rates, and building out the other services included in an ideal crisis response system. There are new sources of federal funding available to help state and local governments implement the crisis continuum of care. 24-7 call centers, mobile crisis teams, crisis stabilization options in their communities. Can you talk about some of those big recent investments? Sure. And uh, one of the pieces that I would start with is a bit of level setting, that we are now operating in one of the largest influxes of federal mental health support and funding and investment for mental health in our nation's history. In March 2022, for example, Congress passed an omnibus spending bill for implementation of 988 and crisis services. And in FY 2022 alone, HHS will be distributing almost $102 million for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Again, 988. That funding goes directly to support operations of the 988 Lifeline Network, including expanding technology, improving training, expanding backup capacity, and onboarding new call centers. Separately, there's also funding for what they're calling a behavioral health crisis coordinating office. So that's going to be an office within SAMHSA, that federal agency that oversees mental health, that's going to provide best practices and technical assistance support to communities all over the country to implement that crisis continuum of care. There's also funding in the FY 2022 package for a mental health crisis response pilot program to support communities in establishing mobile crisis teams that help divert mental health crisis calls away from law enforcement and back towards mental health professionals. There's even more. There's funding for crisis stabilization and community reentry grants to build collaboration between law enforcement and healthcare providers in the community. And that helps establish continuity of care for people returning to the community from incarceration. It helps invest in community-level crisis response programs. And most importantly, it helps train law enforcement. And then there's a significant amount of new monies for what's known as the Community Mental Health Services Block Grants. And that's funding that can be leveraged by states to fill numerous mental health service needs, especially for individuals with serious mental illness. And that's only in the fiscal year 2022 omnibus spending bill. It seems like appropriators really understand the importance of the continuum of care. What about funding related to the COVID and related to the response to COVID? Does that connect to 988 investments? Yes, there's resources available through COVID relief legislation. So as far back as December 2022, Congress passed what's known as a supplemental appropriations bill that brings more money to state and local governments to assist their response to the COVID-19 pandemic. That was over a billion dollars directly to community mental health providers, including funding for these crisis services we're talking about. 
And as you probably know, the American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, which was passed in 2021, provided $177 million to strengthen national backup centers and operations in the 988 Lifeline Network, and then another $100 million to states directly to expand call center capacity. And then on January 6th, Treasury issued a final rule providing guidance saying that ARPA funds about $195 billion in flexible resources to states, local governments, and tribal communities, they will be able to use that money to respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that guidance includes information on the use of funding for mental health services, specifically including the implementation of 988. ARPA also created an option for states to use Medicaid dollars to support community-based mobile crisis services. This includes things like screening, assessment, stabilization and de-escalation, coordination referrals to health, social, and other services. What's really important to know is this option is offered at an enhanced rate. That means the federal government is able to reimburse states the majority of these costs. Now, this gets a little wonky, I will admit, but the bottom line is this is an incredible opportunity for states to use their Medicaid resources to expand crisis services in their state and have the majority of those costs reimbursed by the federal government. Thank you, John. And what about in the gun reform package, the bipartisan Safer Communities Act that was signed into law in June? Is there funding for 988 there? Yes. I think the reality is the conversations that Senator Cornyn and Senator Murphy and others led really focused on that bill being an opportunity to ensure the crisis services on the ground were funded in the way that we know they need to be. So that bill provided an additional $150 million for the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline directly. But there's also a significant amount of money within that bill that can also be used for crisis services. There's also an additional $750 million in what are known as burn JAG funds. Now, those are Department of Justice monies that can be spent specifically on crisis response services. Again, more resources for making sure that continuum of care that we need for 988 is available on the ground. John, thank you for all of this. The federal government is responding to resource challenges with unprecedented levels of funding. We're excited that it has mounted an all-of-government approach to partner with state and local leaders to improve system capacity and performance and ultimately improve the health of our nation. And the reality is these efforts are only going to increase. SAMHSA is focused on improvement of systems performance with the July 2022 transition to 988. This is a key reason for these unprecedented levels of recent funding aimed at strengthening and expanding capacity and for ongoing efforts to partner with state and local territorial crisis centers. So we have to stay focused on sustainable long-term change. But remember, it has taken over five decades for 911 and emergency medical services to grow and expand in our country. With 988, we're poised for a much faster transformation, but the federal government can't do it alone. They can't. That's just the reality. Additional state local investments are going to be needed 
to further boost response rates, and to make sure that we have the staffing capacity for call centers, crisis response, crisis stabilization units, making sure that where we have the greatest demands, we have the services and the people on the ground to implement them. That's our next session, how states can get involved. John, thank you. Can't wait.